0: We jump off National Hispanic Heritage Month with debut author Sonora Reyes. They join us to chat about their best-selling young adult novel, The Lesbiana's Guide to Catholic School, which has recently found its way on the National Book Award long list for young readers. Sonora Reyes' novel brings readers into the life of 17-year-old Yamulette Flores. After being outed by her crush and ex-best friend, Yami transfers to a private Catholic school where she vows never to fall in love and keep her mother from finding out the truth. Stay with us on the next episode of the Volga Giants Podcast. Are you currently looking for a bookstore that has a great selection of books? Well, Kizzy's Books and More is that bookstore. Visit www.kizzysbooksandmore.com to purchase your next book for our book club. Use coupon code Genius to receive 10% off the subtotal of your first order. What's up everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Vulgar Geniuses podcast. We're your hosts. My name is Denny and I am Veronica and today we are joined with a wonderful writer who was our YA book pick for the month of July. We're bringing it back around and getting ready to talk with none other than Sonora Reyes. So here's a little info about them for those who don't know. Uh, born and raised in Arizona, Sonora Reyes is the author of the contemporary young adult novel, The Lesbianist's Guide to Catholic School. Sonora is also the creator and host of the Twitter chat Q-Pac Chat a monthly community building chat for queer writers of color sonora currently lives in arizona in a multi-generational family home with a small pack of dogs who run the place outside of writing sonora loves dancing singing karaoke and playing with their baby nephew welcome to the show sonora how are you doing today
1: I'm sorry, I interrupted by saying thank you. What was the last part of what you said? <laughs> we just want to know how you doing today. Oh, I'm doing great. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Well, at this
0: point, I'm going to pass it on to Denny. We we like to get to know our our writers,
2: our authors. You know, by just asking a little few few questions. Um, so you know, it's nothing too too serious, nothing too hard. Um, but what is your go-to karaoke song? Since
1: you? Oh, that's hard. I like the ballads, um, so I'm like a ballad type karaoke <laughs> person. So like, um, <laughs> "I Will Always Love You" by Whitney Houston, "My Heart Will Go On" Celine Dion, like those they types like of the belts. <laughs> I didn't say I sing them well, but I do <laughs> go for those because they're fun. <laughs> those are those are
0: the hits right there. Yeah,
1: <laughs> it's like Whitney, Celine Dion, Mariah Carey. Those are like the three on the top of my list.
0: <laughs> you hit your chest like Celine, when you yes,
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> I perform. Okay, <laughs> it's
0: a full
2: performance. <laughs> we need a video. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure there's <laughs> one
1: somewhere on the internet
2: <laughs> um, A topic or situation That surprised you while hosting Hashtag key chat
1: Something that surprised me um, I think It surprised me at first um, How Much fun people were having And that they wanted it to be like a continuous thing Because at first I thought I was just going to do Like one Um, And then it turned into a monthly thing because people are like, when's the next one? When's the next one? So um, I was surprised that, like, I I guess I wasn't super surprised, but like part of me was surprised that like it worked out and that I got to keep doing it. Um, And then, of course, there's the other part of me that was like, of course it worked out because like... (laughs) it's something I wanted and so it makes sense that other people might want it too so yes we are
2: hungry and thirsty for it yeah best part of living in Arizona
1: Ooh. okay so I am going to shout out my favorite coffee shop it is uh, called Brick Road mm. it's a queer owned coffee shop um, and it's like when you walk in, it's just, like, such a, like, safe space, and they have, like, a book club that's for queer books, and they have, like, um and nights, and open mic nights, and movie nights for queer movies, and it's just, like, the queerest, like, little coffee shop ever, and I love it so much, and I do all my writing there, um, <laughs> so uh, that's my favorite thing about Living in Arizona.
0: <laughs> Were you able to do an event when your book came out?
1: yeah Yeah, so um I was friends with the owners of the coffee shop um I already had a an event planned with Changing Hands our local bookstore um but then afterwards they hosted my book for their book club and so I got to come in the day before the book club to do signings and like and Q&A and stuff like that so that was cool yeah so
0: the day that you you uh those days of you like working on this book, you're like, okay, here it is. This is what yeah. I'm for the free Wi-Fi and coffee. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what is what is what is your coffee or tea or
2: whatever beverage that you used to drink?
1: Um. So, at Brick Road, they have a cinnamon roll latte, which I get every time. And sometimes when I'm feeling extra adventurous I'll get a caramel mocha (laughs) I go for the sweet ones
2: (laughs) (laughs) Um, speaking of sweet this is um my 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 question that really came from like the heart what is your favorite ice cream flavor
1: probably cookies and cream
2: Oh my oh. god. Because my my son is three and he is obsessed with ice cream and that is the flavor <laughs> that he is currently obsessed with. Nice. It's a good flavor. It, it is. is. You can't go wrong. With Prinkles. <laughs> <laughs> what is your go-to dancing move and to what song? Ooh.
1: Um I don't know that I have a go-to dancing move. But I have, it's, uh, so I used to, like, dance, like, all the time. Like, in, like, doing, like, street styles and stuff. And so, like, my favorite style that I still like to do, you know, is whacking. I don't know if you know what that is. Is it similar um,
0: to crumping?
1: No, it's, like, it's, like, a lot of arms. like, a ah, lot of, like yes, mm. yes, yes. Yeah. It's very, like it's you um you do it to like disco or like you know that kind of music <laughs> yeah it's very fun
2: <laughs> um so now that you know we we've asked the the fun stuff can we please um can you please introduce your book and a little synopsis for those who haven't read it yet
1: yes so the lesbianas guide to catholic school is my first book um it is about a lesbian girl named Yamilet, who gets sent to a mostly white Catholic school with her brother, Cesar. Um, He's been getting into some trouble at their old school, getting into a lot of fights. And so their mom thinks that he should get a new fresh start at Catholic school. And she decides she's going to follow him um she says because she wants to keep an eye on him and keep him out of trouble but really she also has an agenda of her own because she just got like rejected by her crush and outed by that person at the old school and now she wants to go have her own fresh start and go back into the closet and do her best to never fall in love again
0: (laughs) (laughs) this book was amazing um from beginning to I, we definitely fell in love with with Yami and caesar and and all the mm. other characters. Uh, we really appreciate the the narrative that you wrote for all of them um and and particularly with with wanting to know how did Yami and her story reveal itself to you, and were you surprised by the direction that her and Caesar's stories
1: had come about so I originally came up with this idea kind of by mistake um because I always wanted to write this was the first book I ever wrote and I always wanted to write a book about like I don't know like a fantasy book or sci-fi or something super epic and because I wrote a lot of fan fiction for like DC and those are all like super like epic stories and I like wanted to write something like that um and so national novel writing month came up and it was like october 26th or something like that and i decided like i'm going to write a book in november for national novel writing month i'm going to do it i'm writing my first book um, and i was going to write a like super like wild like sci-fantasy story that i was going to co-write with a friend um, but then he had a baby. And so we couldn't write that together anymore. Um, so I had to like, but I still wanted to write a book. And I didn't have time to plan out another super elaborate, like, world building, like magic system or anything like that. And so I was okay, what do I know really, like, intimately, like, a story that I can tell an experience that I can talk about all day long that I could write a whole book about without having to research, without having to, you know, um, stop and think, I can just do it, so I came up with the Lesbianas Guide to Catholic School, I was like, what if I write about, it like, a queer kid going to Catholic school, and, like, um, yeah, so <laughs> that was my experience in Catholic school, um, was, like, I, I didn't have the same experience as Yami, but the inspiration for the book came from kind of where I, s- Started and the kind of story that I would have liked to have in high school. So I was surprised to answer the second half of your question. Sorry, that was a long first half answer, <laughs> but I was surprised by some of the things that happened um, in the book because originally it was going to be very different. César was supposed to be Yami's best friend, not her brother, mm. and he and and within the first chapter. Or, like, while I was outlining it or something, like, in the very beginning, I was, like, oh, no, he's her brother. Like, he's definitely her brother. And, like, it was just their dynamic and everything. Like, I had to change it. Um, and I feel like it worked. Like, there's no other way it could have been. Like, now, looking back, I'm, like, yeah, they definitely are, like, siblings, you know? Yeah, so. that
0: was like how... Authors, I like asking this question because a lot of times you hear people who say, you know, like sometimes I might have woken up out of a dream and had to write it. Or I was writing this character this way and I could hear them say, no, that's that's not who Mm -hmm. we are. This is how we are. So I really feel like these characters are within you all as the authors, that they're really a part of you, that even though these stories are fiction, that I feel like these people are real.
1: Yeah, of how they
0: reveal themselves to you and how they become a part of you.
1: Mm -hmm. So
2: I think I might be a little bit partial to this, but I think Bo was, you know, was my jam. Bo was my ride or die. (laughs) It, It was to me, Bo. Um, so she was like, you know, like a breath of fresh air. She was very refreshing in the story. But she was also the epitome of, like, self-love and queerness in Yami's eyes. Everybody envies her. Everybody wants to be her. Um, We understand that showing her characters allows possibilities in other people's minds as well. Um, What and how was... uh, How and why or what or how um, was Bo conceptualized in your writing? Like, I was just very amazed in how she was, like, formed and you know, a very precious, very precious character.
1: Oh, thank you. Um, Yeah, Bo originally, so I've always like loved Bo and felt like Bo had like this, like she's been like one of my favorite characters from the start, but a lot of other people didn't connect with her at first um, in the early drafts. She was like a shell of what she is now. Like, um, I guess... I knew what I wanted for her like what she was always supposed to be was she was supposed to be like what you said like she's Yami's foil and she's a way for Yami to see like oh you can this is what it looks like to like really love and accept yourself and like if she can do that then like maybe I can too and she was always supposed to be super unapologetic and um not afraid to talk to like A priest or a teacher or whoever about like what she thinks they're doing wrong if she thinks that they're being unjust um and I think like in the very beginning my first couple of drafts I think Bo might have come across a little bit like Manic Pixie Dream Girl (laughs) and then so I had to flesh her out a lot more and make her more complex and like more than just that Um, so, like, she also has her own insecurities, even if she's, like, super proud of, like, who she is. She, you know, is also, like, has her own stuff. Like, she's afraid of, like, um, like, losing her friends. If she, she can talk back to a priest, but she can't talk back to her best friend if her best friend makes a comment, you know? Like, so she has, like, her own stuff to work through, and she's got, like levels to her so even if she comes across as this like stone cold like badass like very um I don't care what anyone thinks of me like she really does care um but she just um yeah she's still she still embodies that like who Yami wants to be she just is a little bit more like deep than originally Mm. she was so within this book uh,
0: and all of these different things that Yami's character has to endure and, and, and is enduring with her trying to figure out like if i come out or do I just stay within and just move through my life and starting this new school, she is met with a set of mean girls at this school, right? And so mm-hmm. in this book, you address various forms of racist remarks that her classmates make and one in referring to her hoop earrings i'm a hoop earring girl this is like makeup for me like i cannot Mm -hmm. go anywhere without them and there's a part in the book where the character refers to her earrings as ghetto and uh this part of the novel made me think about the fashion activist and designer um narisha willis and uh they coined the phrase ghetto until proven fashionable and how Mm -hmm. this exchange uh brings us to this intersection of race and fashion by placing these white girls at the center as the gatekeepers right Mm -hmm. and so i was wondering what was the feeling that you wanted teenagers to get from reading this particular part of the book because i mean just in that exchange there are a lot of things that are happening what was it that you wanted to talk about in in regard to the girls calling her her fashion
1: choice ghetto I guess I wanted to show, so there's a lot that happens, like, in that chapter in that day at school, Um, and it was the first of a few things that kind of set Siami off, Um, and I wanted to show, like, her building herself up that day, Mm -hmm. and, like, she's putting on her earrings, her makeup as, like, armor, and she's getting ready for the day and she's feeling so good about herself and she's feeling so pretty and so cute and elegant and then she goes to school and the first thing that someone says is call her ghetto because of her earrings which she was like so like feeling so good about just before um and I just kind of wanted to show like how quickly that feeling can change and like how how gross it feels to just have someone like try to take that away from you Mm -hmm. you know because it really like there is power in like the way you present yourself like you want to wear earrings makeup whatever it is that you put on as like your armor like there's power in that and then for someone to go and try to like just rip it out from underneath you like that was really like the first step of like Yami having a really bad day, <laughs> yeah, so.
0: Yeah, that that particular scene really, I think embedded in me uh, like, oh, you know, this th- this book is gonna cover, you know, a lot of different subjects. And I really like how you presented it that way. because um, mm. you know, we're in that age where we're told that certain things about us are dislikable and that our ghetto and then you flip it around and you you know you got kim kardashian out there doing the reverse and so mm-hmm. how from teenagers go to grown people of like how this mm-hmm. continues to carry on into our adulthood mm-hmm. um so it's it's revealed uh that later in the book that yami um uh, she she's having these different jobs she's helping her mom with her jewelry uh business And uh, she's saving this money um, just in case, if she does ever decide that she wants to come out, to use it as a down payment for an apartment. And this also addresses uh, the multi layers of the thought process that one decides or thinks about when they are trying to figure out if they want to come out to the family and the repercussions and having to prepare for all of that. Will you talk about having to address? uh, the life-saving measures that children have to think about making when revealing their sexuality?
1: Yeah, um, it's really hard to, like, face that, like, children literally have to, like, face these decisions and, like, The possibility of homelessness because of not being accepted or the possibility of like whatever might happen like there's so many like scary things that could happen you know and it's real and I guess I wanted um to to show Yami being prepared for it like she's very like she's not gonna like like if she thinks her mom is not gonna accept her instead of crying about it she's gonna save money she's gonna you know she she's gonna make sure that she and her brother are good and she that's just like how she is and she can't afford to really like stop and be sad about it she just has to like work and do what she does to try and like prepare for that what she thinks is an inevitable outcome mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah yeah
2: and I think like that's what I liked about her character because you know it shows that she you know because when children would be like or teenagers would be like you know this is my gender sexual preference like people like oh you're gonna you know grow out of it or whatever judgment they would impart to that person but you know it goes to show you that It is what they want and they are prepared to do whatever to make it happen. Mm -hmm. And I think that is to me like the most like pure or the purest form of courage because like this teenager Mm -hmm. thinking about that and not just about herself, but also her brother because, you know, it's like one we, we are in this together. And I and I think, you know, going back earlier, that's why I think I like their like their chemistry. Cause like, I feel like they complemented each other a lot and I feel like Yami's story would not be complete without him.
1: Mm-hmm. So,
2: you know, mm-hmm. I just wanted to piggyback on that, but, um, you know, going to, going back to Bo um, earlier, um, though, her life seemed perfect. Like you said, she had her own issues. Um, and for one, you know, you, you said in the book that her parents are white and they're trying to like project, um, both both culture but through their own lens Mm -hmm. you showed us the struggle in fixing that situation in the book why was it important for Yamile to see and be aware that those struggles um, that Bo is going through can be resolved and you know seeing Bo like oh you know maybe her life is not as perfect as Mm -hmm. as I thought
1: yeah I think that it was important for Yami but also important for Bo like because I I wanted to show like while Bo is Yami's foil like Yami is also hers and so like when like Yami's so jealous of Bo all the time about like how proud and unapologetic she is and everything meanwhile Bo is kind of jealous of Yami about like how like she gets to just experience her culture freely and like not have that boundary of like having white parents who don't understand and who like and even though Yami like does feel like she is culturally separated because her dad was deported like she still like has that like in her brother and like you know like she has a community that she can turn to while Bo doesn't really have that and so I think it is both important for both of them because Yami could see that like they, they kind of, um, I don't want to say they, <laughs> I was going to be like, they complete each other, but like, that's not what it is. It's like, <laughs> they like, they have like different perspectives on things that they can really like help each other to, to fill their gaps.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so they really like do help each other grow and learn and um, because Yami has her experience that Bo doesn't have she's able to help Bo to come up with a not a solution but a way to like talk to her parents about it and like yeah so
2: I, I like when I was reading their story it like I feel like they're like the yin and the yang like mm-hmm. in you know like Um, like they balance each other out um, Mm -hmm. for the simplest purpose of the yin and yang. Um, Also, there's another sensitive topic in this book, um, which is mental health and how sometimes we miss cues and signals from the people that need help the most. And sometimes they're the ones that are closest to us. Mm -hmm. What do you want to tell young people, especially, you know, teenagers and how to navigate like this very challenging aspect of growing up especially now where we are bombarded with a lot of things
1: yeah I think it's really important to um don't be afraid to like ask for help if you need it or like I know that there's kind of stigma around asking for help like I know when I was in high school someone would like act out and everyone would be like oh don't worry about her she just wants attention or something like that I think if you think someone just wants attention like maybe give it to them (laughs) maybe they need attention you know what I mean like maybe that maybe it's deeper than just like oh they're just like a you know it, I just think if someone wants attention, they need attention and there's nothing wrong with wanting attention. And if you find yourself wanting attention, instead of like acting out in some way, like maybe just tell someone you need attention, you know, like I've learned to do that over the years. And like, it's been, I've been so much healthier that way. Like if I just feel myself like really attention starved or something, cause it's a natural human feeling, like there's nothing wrong with it. Like people get lonely, people get Like, people want to experience love, like, that's human,
2: Mm -hmm. and
1: there's nothing wrong with wanting attention, Um, and so, like, if, for me, if I feel myself, like, wanting that, I just have to, like, admit it, like, okay, what I need is this, and I will text somebody that I, like, trust and be, like, hey, like, I really need some like words of affirmation right now. Like, can you just tell me I'm great? Like, <laughs> like you know, and like sometimes that's what it is. Like, and, and there's nothing wrong with just wanting someone to tell you all the good things by yourself. Like sometimes you just need to hear good things. Um, You can say you need words of affirmation and then they'll be like, I love you. You're an amazing friend, la, 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 la. And it feels so good. <laughs> and like, um, so I think just like being really honest with yourself about what it is that you need And if you're just feeling bad and you feel bad about yourself and you just, like, want someone to tell you, like, something good, you need to hear something good, like, there's nothing wrong with saying that. Um, Yeah, that's kind of off topic a little bit. But, um, yeah, I just feel like I think if a certain character, I'm not going to spoil it, um, maybe um, knew that it was okay to just say what they needed, then maybe they would, um, have had, maybe, maybe things would have resolved a little earlier, (laughs) you know, and then also I think everyone else just kind of like, like if you have someone in your life who is struggling, like, I think it's really important not to blame yourself for not seeing the signs, um, because, while you can do everything in your power to try to help somebody like you really can't read their mind mm-hmm. and people will put up walls and you know it's really hard because it's nobody's like fault I mean it might be someone's fault but it's not your fault just for not seeing the signs like if you're not being like willfully ignorant or anything like that so yeah
0: yeah, yeah. um the journey of knowing one's true self is long and it's a hard process and yeah. Uh, we've always heard the expression that different people come into your life for different reasons mm-hmm. um, and different seasons. Mm-hmm. How important was it to find community while having to grow, go through this journey for those characters in, in this book?
1: Like the characters finding community? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's so important. Like, I think a big part of Yami's growth is that she stopped having to rely on only herself and she let herself lean on the people around her and stop taking so much responsibility on herself Mm -hmm. and like it was also everyone else's responsibility like her mom specifically responsibility to tell her that it was okay and to like say it you can you know like it's not your responsibility to do all of this um and she needed the people around her, like she needed Bo to, 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 see, you know, like an example of like who she could, how she could feel about herself. And then she needed Sessad. Sessad needed her so that he could see that very same thing. And she, it's almost like pay it forward, like passing it on, like passing the torch, like to the next person who needs, like once you've grown and you've become that person, then you can be that light for somebody else. Hmm.
2: and I like earlier what you said that you didn't you know it's okay to ask for attention because I think we are so jaded um Mm -hmm. with just the media that we see that you know like you said like oh if somebody acts up they're like oh they're doing it again you know don't mind them but I think everybody that does that have a have a purpose and I think it only takes one other human being to be a little yeah. bit more forgiving and then maybe that'll change somebody else's life so yeah exactly and, and I think it's very important for teenagers to hear that or to realize that you know that everybody needs a friend mm-hmm. you don't have to like all of that person but everybody needs somebody like if I'm in trouble at least I can text one person and somebody would like respond yeah yeah so um, speaking of community and friendship, I want to shout out, you know, to all the parents that stood up and showed up for their queer kids because it's not easy, um, you know, like we would uncover in in Yami's story. Um, why was it important to show that this type of relationship can
1: can happen in this story? I really wanted to show, like, I wanted Yami's story to be a happy ending for like, I knew this from the very beginning, like, it was going to be a happy ending, like, she's gonna, you know, it's a happy ending in, like, almost every aspect of her life, you know, like, there's some things that, like, maybe, like, could, uh, have their own story if there was time for it, but, um, for the most part, you know, like, she finds love, she finds herself, she learns to accept herself, and, I also really wanted like her to find acceptance in other people and to be even if it's not everybody and some people who she expected to accept her didn't while other people that she never would have expected like ended up showing up and doing the work. And I think that's so like true to life is that like you never know who's gonna show up for you and you never know who's gonna be there in the end. And sometimes people will surprise you. And yeah, like it's it's really I just wanted to show her having an a support system that she could rely on.
2: A very strong one mm, in yeah. that matter, in that yeah. story. have <laughs> yeah, to it, know it. <laughs> um, so I grew up Catholic. Um religion was a very big part of my life because I'm Filipino. Um mm-hmm. And as i become an adult, I've developed a lot of beliefs for my own. I am not generalizing all the people under the faith, but sometimes their worldviews about gender and sexuality is very limiting. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you want to tell people that are struggling to accept or understand different gender and sexual preferences?
1: I think I'll come from the lens of like Catholicism and like people who may be struggling with their faith and trying to grapple with like say you're a parent and you have a queer kid and you don't know how to accept them because you feel like your faith is telling you one thing and then your kid is telling you another. You want to love your kid, but you want to like be good to God or whatever. Mm -hmm. I think it's important to look at the whole, like if you're using the Bible as your thing that's telling you, you know, how to feel, you got to look at the whole thing because it also says like, love everybody. Do not be judgmental. The oppressed are the people that need to be protected and queer people are very oppressed. And like, I think, you know, like regardless of how you feel, if you feel it's a sin or not, like there's still like, we're a group of people that are like, need protecting and that's part of your faith too and like I think it's really important to to really put to I'm sorry I struggle with it because like I do have like very strong feelings and I'm trying to be nice right now um (laughs) because like I (laughs) you you don't have to be nice this is vulgar geniuses for a reason (laughs) go for it (laughs) yeah I just think it's like first of all the if we're talking about the bible specifically like I'm just going to quote Bo for a second I'm going to channel Bo because the Bible doesn't ever actually say anything specifically against homosexuality. It's talking about in all the passages that homosexuality is mentioned, the, the, what they're actually talking about is the context of that relationship in terms of pedophilia or in terms of with a master and a slave or with the terms of adultery. So those three things they're saying are wrong they're not saying homosexuality is wrong. They're saying this relationship is bad because it's abusing power dynamics or it's, you know, like, so, so there's nothing there to me that says that we're wrong. Like, there's nothing there. Like, even in the Old Testament, like, if we're talking about Old Testament, there's a lot of stuff that you're probably doing, (laughs) That is also a sin, <laughs> but even in the old Testament, every, every instance of homosexuality in there is not talk, is not talking about two committed partners that are adults, mm-hmm, Right, not a single one. So <laughs> yeah, I, that, I get a little heated, but <laughs> yeah, it, it's just, it's frustrating um, that there's so much misinformation. Um, a lot of people truly do think that the Bible says that homosexuality is wrong and it doesn't. And yeah, I think it's just a matter of looking at the context and seeing nuance and everything. And there's like, you can make the Bible say whatever you want it to say. Like you can, you can use the words to mean whatever you want them to mean, but really like, who are you hurting in the process? And is it worth it Mm -hmm. to, to hurt people over something that, like is meant to spread love and meant to help people like it's not something that's supposed to like be harmful so
0: when um when you think about this book that you've created first off let me just say um congratulations on your book becoming a best-selling yeah thank you (laughs) Um, you know, cause it's a lot of, it's a lot of work that goes into writing something, especially in this genre of YA, everybody is pumping out YA left and right. And to see your name, like it's on, it's on the chart. There I am, you yeah. know, <laughs> <people really laughs> out there reading me, you know, I just want to say congratulations to you. Mm-hmm. On that. Is there ever any desire to continue Yami's story or are you just leaving it up to the readers to figure out where she
1: goes from here so i can't say if it's going to happen because if nothing is set in stone mm-hmm. i have been ever since the beginning i always wanted to write another book in this universe from another character's perspective um you might be able to guess which one but i'm not gonna say it <laughs> i'm like keep going (laughs) (laughs) Um, but so there may or may not be something in the future Um, I will definitely continue to write books Uh, so even if I don't write something else in this universe like there will be other books um, by me (laughs) so yeah but I I would love to I would love to continue this story from someone else's perspective like a, a different story not Yami's story Mm -hmm. but yummy would be there.
0: (laughs) I know it's one, it's one thing to have these conversations like with us grown Mm -hmm. as people, but what has it been for you to connect with the actual readers who you've written this book for these teenagers that's out here? What has that been for you?
1: It's been amazing. Like I, I've met a few teens, like when I did some in-person events, Mm -hmm. um, and I've had some teens like message me like on Instagram and stuff and just like it means so much to me that it's actually reaching the people that I wanted it to reach the people that I feel like I wanted to like send this little love letter to they got it and like you know that just I love that and it makes me so happy and like I just I can't wait to keep connecting with more people so
0: we really hope that for you
1: and I, like you know when i was
2: reading the book and now that there's a hint but i feel like like in my head my head is just going right now and i'm like can this be like the new like you know cuz me and veronica grew up in an era where you know there's not a lot of books that lo- you know that would represent us so we we had to read like the babysitters club um And I'm like, you know, this might be a little bit, the the characters are a little bit older, but I'm wanting to see their lives up until, like, adulthood, and I'm ready for it. Yeah,
1: going on. I'm cute. (laughs) Yeah,
2: college, you know, like, you know, like, other, you know. I yes. (laughs) Yeah, I mean I I I might spill something like (laughs) yes.
1: After the recording ends, I can tell you what I have planned. (laughs) (laughs) Yes.
0: Yes. Uh, Okay. So to kind of tap into what Denny was saying (laughs) about us having to pull from different books that didn't always represent us a few weeks ago. Uh, Joyce Carol Oates sent out a, a tweet that set Twitter ablaze mm-hmm. in regards to making a comment that the white male writers were being shut out of the industry. I think Santa Claus is, is real in her mind for <laughs> having said something like that. Um mm-hmm and so what we want to know is uh you know like we we all know that this is is not the case especially when you're talking about latinx writers who are um the is the lowest number of books getting published by latinx writers and uh so what is it that you are hoping to see and do to help create this shift in publishing we know that you have your the the hashtag Uh, um, that's been running to get those stories out about queer BIPOC writers. But we want to know exactly like, what is it that you want from the industry in itself to happen?
1: I want everything. (laughs) I want, (laughs) I would love for, you know, like, I don't know if y'all remember like publishing paid me, that hashtag. (laughs) Like, I would just love for like, that to not be such a shock and for that to not even be a thing anymore like that we could have that hashtag and everyone says how much they got paid and it's like equal or like equitable at least you know like I don't know it it's very frustrating like I've been treated very well like in my publishing journey um respective to like my queer BIPOC peers. Mm -hmm. But according to how like the average, like white person, it's like very average. Like, you know, like the things that I've and I super love and appreciate my team and everything. I'm not saying anything bad about them, but it's just the things that like I will tell someone like a person of color, something that I got. And they're like, oh my gosh, that's amazing. Like nobody gets that. And then I'll tell like a white person and they're like, oh, but you didn't get that. Or like, you know, it's like, it's very like, it's it's a problem <laughs> where it's like kind of the norm and like people, and it's also like, I feel like people don't even realize that, like, it's, it's, it's something that I wish, I have so many thoughts and they're jumbling around right now, but I wish that we could talk about it more. I wish that we were allowed to talk about these things without like fear of any kind of pushback. Or I wish that, you know, we could all just say how much we got paid and like, we could all say like what our contracts were and what, what benefits we got and how many of our books got sent to us and like how long we had to wait for arcs or like when, you know, how much of a say we got in our covers or like All of this stuff, like I wish we were all just allowed to talk about it outside of like the whisper network Mm -hmm. because there's no way to tell if you're being treated fairly, if nobody else is talking publicly about these things. So it's really easy for the higher ups to just say that you're getting the best you could get when maybe that's not true. Yeah. 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 It's about
0: exposing, exposing the, you know, the injustice within this industry that's supposed to be supporting, you know, all writers, you know, this Mm -hmm. art form, which has moved nations into doing all different kinds of things. Right. Mm -hmm. And so when we're at a point of, Literature being attacked and books being banned out of school. You know, this is the moment where the publishing company can say, "Hey, you know, like we're we are dedicated to making differences, right, and moving mm-hmm. on the behalf of all readers and of all writers and yeah, and yeah. those who want to work there." And you know, it's our hope that you, with what you have created, uh, can push that agenda forward of wanting those voices to be to be read. Uh, For the years to come, Um, yeah. So we're getting towards the end of our our conversation here, uh, and there is a question that we like to ask everybody that comes onto the show, and Mm. that question (laughs) is,
2: Um, what are your five top books, five favorite books of all time, or books that are you're excited to read? Um, or tell people about that are coming up or it can be a combination of both we understand that the books that you say today might not be (laughs) the books that you let. not this is not my top five tomorrow or even when the zoom call ends nothing would be held against you Um, (laughs) we are all of our books but if you if you wanted
1: to choose go ahead okay 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 I gotta think for a second um favorite books. Uh, maybe I'll give like three favorites and two that I'm like looking forward to like shouting about. Yes,
2: yes, we love it. Okay.
1: So one of my favorites is Donte Rosa Santos by Nina Moreno. Um it is very cute um but also uh I cried. Um <laughs> then The Sound of Stars by Alicia Dow or Doe I think um I loved that book the there's like an alien love his and he is very cute and sweet and like he just makes me laugh and I just am in love with that whole story it's amazing um and Cemetery Boys by Aiden Thomas um I just loved it um it had it's just, like, the perfect, like, food for soul, like, a book. Like, I feel like it inspires me to, like, want to write more. Um, and then, um, oh, I got to say Meet Cute Diary um, by Emery Lee. That one I read when I was, like, in a really dark place. It's a rom-com, and it, like, totally brought me back from the dead like it brought me like into a happy space because it was like such a like feel-good book and it like brought me out of like a big depression so I like really love that book for that um and then okay so I guess only one that I'm looking forward to I I did get to read this book early it comes out in 2023 it's called Ander and Santi We're Here by Johnny Garzavia it's about um a non-binary mexican teenager like out of high school like i think 18 19 years old um muralist who um falls in love with an undocumented immigrant and it's their love story it is a romance it's uh it's gonna make you cry it's gonna make you laugh it's the best ever i blurbed it it's great Um, so I can't wait to shout more about that one as the date gets closer because I love that book so
2: I feel like you're the second person that have said that oh really I have to like
1: go back to the
0: archives and yes
2: because they're like yeah the non-binary kid yes teenager but yeah like not too not too young like the 1819 and false in love and person
1: I'm like okay hmm. 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 <laughs> interesting I'm not mad at like more people talking about this book so
2: so <laughs> yeah, I'm like I
1: feel like I've heard this book before but she said it's coming in
2: 2023 so it just you know mm-hmm. it it gave me like flashbacks <laughs> that sense, but this is a book in the future uh,
0: maybe yeah. it's maybe it's out there is there anything that you have coming up that you want people to know about in the in the future
1: yes well, um, yeah. so um it will be like officially announced soon um mm-hmm. but I do have a second book coming out in May Um, It is called the Luis Ortega Survival Club. It is about an autistic kid named um, Ari, who uh, she gets kind of taken advantage of by this guy at a party, um, and she finds an anonymous pen pal that they... Uh, decide to get revenge on him. <laughs> so it's a revenge.
2: <laughs> I love the titles by the way. Like it's so catchy. Like the titles and the
0: titles of the chapters within
2: Yeah.
1: You
2: don't like Welcome to Church, sit down. <laughs> <laughs> your book
0: sessions about to start. Yes. Oh yeah. Thank I you. Love- Um, well Sonora thank you for coming on to the show and talking to us about your wonderful novel we had such a a fun time reading we can't wait for everything else that's to follow right and um, because it sounds like there's a lot yeah there's a lot out there congratulations to you again and thank you. you We hope that all the, the readers out there continue to contact you and let you know like how much their book means to you um, for years and years to come. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you. I hope so too. <laughs> Thank you so much.
0: All right. Take care. We'll see you soon. Bye.
1: <laughs> Bye.
0: Bye.